0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David O'Gaga. For more information, please call 234 803 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org Alright, praise the Lord. Okay, um, we have a question we want to take today, and it's actually from the book of Revelation chapter 10, from verse 1 and 2, that's where the question is going to be coming from, so let's quickly turn over to the book of Revelation chapter 10. Hallelujah. Now, Revelation chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, And I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Verse 2. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he said, It's right. Foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. That is the passage. Now the question is the sea and the earth on which the angels stood. Are they people? And if they are, what kind of people are they? In other words, are they different? Set of types of people. This is a question that we want to look into. Again, it says the sea? Now, the scripture is saying, "He it set his right foot upon the earth, upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth." So the question is, the earth on which the angels stood, are they people? And if they are, what kind of people are they? That is, are they the same or different set of people? This is a question we want to look into. Praise the Lord. Now to answer this question, we need to first find out who is this angel. That's the beginning. This angel is standing with his right foot upon the earth, his left foot upon the sea. Is that okay? So now, the question is, who is this angel? Because until we know who the angel is, we can't be able to talk about, you know, where he's standing on. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of types here that we may not probably be able to look into. I mean, figures like the cloud and, and all of that. We may not go into all of that, but let's quickly try to find out who this angel is. So... Talk with me to Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. If you start reading from verse 1 of Ezekiel, you have a lot of pictures, the cherubim riding on the wheel, the wheel within the wheel, all of that. We are not going to look into all of those things. But let's just look at verse 28 of Ezekiel chapter 1. And it says, Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. The Bible says, As the appearance of the bowl." that is in the cloud. The bow is in the cloud. The word bow there simply means the rainbow that is in the cloud. And that is what you also read in Revelation 10. The cloud, the rainbow. Is that okay? Good. You say, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my feet and I heard the voice of one that spake. Praise the Lord. So first of all, let's begin to understand the clouds, the rainbow, the throne, and the one that is on the throne. They are all going together. Is that okay? Revelation ten, the clouds upon the head, the rainbow, and then later when we get to Revelation 4, you'll be able to find out it's seated on the throne. And right about the throne, it is the same cloud and the rainbow. So here we find this, and so first of all, looking at this, you find that uh, um it speaks up actually of the splendor and the glory of the Lord Jesus, if you take time to study it, but we'll find here that the spirit of this glory as it was, this was only an appearance of the likeness, which means it was faint or a faint representation of the real thing. A similar picture you can get is when Moses said Show me your glory. Remember that? And he said, I will show you my backside. So it's a representation. It's not the full picture. You must always understand that in the Old Testament, most of what you see there are types and shadows. So he said the likeness of the appearance of the glory of God. That means this prophet, Prophet Ezekiel, saw something. But we find that here the glory he is seen was not the full glory of god but such as the prophet might be able to see a glimpse of the glory was revealed to the prophet but not the full glory are you with me that's why you what word appearance like when something is like it's not the real in, in the true sense a typical example is the devil roaring like a lion. But it's not a lion. You together? Very good. So here is a like the appearance. So he saw something which is the glory of God but not the full glory. But part of that which actually is supposed to be the glory was revealed to this man but not the full glory of God. And again we'll find of the rainbow mentioned here. Now the likeness, like I said, is that of the appearance of Christ in the surrounding brightness. Let's read it again. And the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard the voice upon their spake. So... The likeness, the appearance, all around speaks of one thing. One of the places where people can't equally see this, we'll go there later. Uh, okay, let's just take a look at it, then we say one or two things about that. Let's go to Revelation 4 and verse number 3. Revelation 4 verse number 3. And it says, And he that was He that sat was to look like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow. Maybe we just read from verse 1. Let's go back to verse 1. Verse 1, Revelation 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up here, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Hereafter is not hereafter like some years to come. It's simply saying after chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, which speaks of the seven churches. Are you with me? Good. What it means to say here is, I want to show you things that will happen after the seven churches experience. Not hereafter in terms of the future thing. That is part of what people teach is in relation to whatever you call the rapture. But that's not what it's talking about. The hereafter is actually talking about the experience of the seven churches. The next thing that comes up immediately after the seven churches experience. Is that okay? Alright. So, verse 2. Verse 2 says, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And that's another thing you need to understand. If you need to begin to understand the book of Revelation, you must understand that the person who wrote in the Spirit, the person who saw in the Spirit, you got to be in the Spirit to understand what is in the Spirit that he who sat and saw in the Spirit is talking about. In other words, he wasn't talking of literal things because he was in the Spirit. Are you there with me? It's just like God will speak to Jeremiah and say, Man of God or prophet or son of man, what do you see? He says, I see an almond tree. Or I see a sycamore tree. Right? He wasn't talking of a literal sycamore tree, but he was talking about the house of Judah. Or a fig tree. Are you with me? Good. So, what you see in the spirit is not necessarily Physical. Therefore, you can't begin to interpret the book of Revelation and you see lion, you'll be looking at lion, you'll be looking at crocodiles, you'll be looking at elephants and stuff like that. No. They are spiritual meaning. Because he who saw, remember, look at what he said, and immediately when I had the voice, immediately I was in the spirit. It's a new realm, a new atmosphere, but before them, remember, the best friend say a door was open in heaven. In other words, an opportunity was given to me to see heavenly things. Did you get that? Good. Okay, so, he said here, and immediately I was in the Spirit. Help me, Lord. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. Watch, it's a throne. And one sat on the throne. You move on now to verse 3. And he said, and he that was he that sat was to look like a jasper and a starting stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto what an emerald. Did you get that? The rainbow was round about where? The throne. You need to pick that, and it's very vital. And so, this man is sitting on the throne, all around him is the glory of God, and then on his head was what? A rainbow. Is that okay? Remember what we're looking for tonight? Who is this angel? Okay. So I said, one thing we have to observe is that mercy and truth, both according to covenant, are about the throne of Christ. This is very, very critical. You need to understand that. Anytime you talk about the throne that Jesus is sitting upon, the things that must come to your mind now, the thing that is revealed from the throne is mercy and truth. And so, Revelation in the Bible says, mercy and truth have kissed each other. Is that okay? Are you with me? Praise the living God. You know, sometimes we may not. But if you take time to study the word, rots, which, which, which we which we actually interpret to mean anger, it's not anger. In the original Hebrew or Greek, rot means how do I describe this? But when you are passionate to do something, right? Good. You are passionate to do something, you have desire to do something, you 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 having the forcefulness to do something. That's what rot is all about. So the truth again is when you want to fully interpret the wrath of God, it's not necessarily the anger of God but the drive of the love of God to save humanity. That's a little bit different from what people preach way. Anyway. <laughs> but the throne of God is surrounded by mercy and truth. And I will make you see that. And so the man sitting on the throne has the rainbow on his head. What is the rainbow all about? Okay. Like we read in Ezekiel 28, the rainbow was the sign Of God's covenant. Very simple. Hallelujah. Now in that Ezekiel 28, the rainbow was there being displayed to show that even though there will be a destruction of the city, of the temple, and terrible tribulation, then, at that time, among the people, yet There should not be a total annihilation of the people. Such that after a long captivity, they are going to be what? Restored. That's what Ezekiel 28 is all about. Is that okay? The rainbow, therefore, is a precise sign or a precious sign of the mercy and the love of the Father. That's the rainbow is a perfect love of the Father. You know, when you check the the rainbow color, if if you start talking about the seven colors of the rainbow, if you put all the seven colors in what you call color wheel, I don't know if some of you did that in physics, you can do it in physics, you do it in, in art, right? If you put the color wheel of the seven colors of the rainbow and spin it very fast, What you get is white light. You won't see any color anymore. They all blend together and they give you white. Perfection. Purity. So the seven colors equals purity of God. I'll make time to talk to you sometime about the seven colors of the rainbow. But not today. Alright. So, the throne of rainbow means the throne of love. Nothing more. Is that okay? You see, Revelation 4 says, this man is sitting upon the throne, and around his head is the rainbow, and all around is the brightness of the glory of the Lord. Is that okay? Are we here? Yeah. Let's begin to look at scripture to find out what truly the rainbow stands for. When did it begin? Genesis chapter 9. I would like us to read from Amplified Translation. Genesis chapter 9. I'm going to read verse 1. Then we jump over to verse number 9. So Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. Amplified Translation. Now, you remember from Genesis chapter, chapter you know, right from when man began to do whatever thing he was doing and God destroyed man. Is that okay? Only Noah and his people were saved, and then they came down, and then they inherited a new earth. And that's why we keep shouting and telling people, if Jesus said his coming shall be like the days of Noah, you only need to study what happened in the days of Noah to know how the days of the coming of the Lord will be. In the days of Noah, it wasn't the righteous Noah that was taken away, it was the wicked one that were taken away, and Noah inherited the righteous earth. God wanted to renew the earth with a new crop of people. Are you there with me? So here, after chapter 8 now, Noah inherited. And I will get down to chapter 9 of Genesis chapter 1. I mean, Genesis chapter 9, the verse 1. And the Bible says, And God pronounced a blessing upon Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and do what? Fill the earth. The same commandment that he gave in Genesis one26 to 28. Remember that? Very good. In other words, this is my intention for mankind. But it's like it was destructed because of the fall, because of the sin of mankind. But now I want to react the same covenant of the same man that I have for mankind through the life of Noah and his sons. In other words, what he was saying, Noah, go and reveal my mandates that I have for man. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Okay. So go to verse 9. Go to verse 9. Now verse 9 says, Behold, I establish my covenant or pledge with you and with your descendants and after you. What's the next thing? Verse 10. And with every living creature. Now we need to begin to follow it. Praise the Lord. And with every living creature that is with you, whether the birds, whether the livestock, or the wild beasts of the earth, along with you, and as many as came out of the ark, every animal of the earth. Verse 11. I will establish my covenant, or pledge with you, never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there ever again be a flood to destroy the earth. And make it corrupt. There's so much to say about that. It was not the flood that corrupted the earth. Was it the flood that corrupted the earth? Man corrupted the earth. The flood wiped away the corruption. So there is something about the flood. Now let's move on to verse 12. And God said, this is the token, this is the sign of the covenant, the solemn pledge which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. And that includes you. I set my bow on the rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be with a sign or a token or sign of a covenant or selling place between me and the earth. The covenant is between me and the earth. And essentially, with humanity. Verse 14 says, And it shall be that when I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will earnestly remember my covenant, A solemn pledge, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters will no more become a flood to destroy and make all flesh to corrupt. Hallelujah. You follow what I'm talking about? By implication, hmm, help me. I want you to look at this passage. This place is so good. And the waters will no more become a floor to destroy and make all flesh corrupt. When I see that rainbow, by implication, God is using the principle of the rainbow to restrain corruption on the face of the earth. Did you see that? Okay, now just move on. Verse 16. When the bow or the rainbow is in the clouds and I look upon it and we earnestly remember the everlasting covenant or pledge between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said to Noah, verse 17, This rainbow is a token or sign of the covenant of selling place which I have established between me and all flesh upon the earth. What does all flesh mean? In Acts chapter 2, the Bible said, This is how we just the prophet Joel. In the last day, I'll power my spirit upon what? All flesh. He's speaking of all mankind. So God made a covenant. And he's saying, This covenant is between me and all mankind. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So now, we, we begin to see what we read in the book of Ezekiel 28. That what God is actually talking about there, though it was referring to Israel at that time, but he's dealing. Even in this particular passage that we've just read, which is Genesis chapter 9, everything God said in relation to the covenant of the rainbow has to do with all mankind. It's making the covenant for all mankind, not some people. Mankind at large, the whole human race, God having given the rainbow for a sign to all the descendants of Noah, by whom the whole earth was populated after the flood. Praise the Lord. Therefore, the glory of the rainbow speaks a universal language understood by all the sons and daughters of Adam. There is no nation that don't understand what the rainbow is all about. Everybody knows something about the rainbow. Are you there with me? Yes. Yeah. Because they a covenant that God is made between himself and... And mankind. Hallelujah. So we find that the rainbow is an illustrious sign of mercy and love. Because he said, once I see the rainbow, I will no longer destroy. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. The rainbow is the restraining power of God from destroying the earth and because the covenant that he has made between himself and mankind. Humanity applies, not some people. Praise the Lord. So if you go back again to that Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28, we find that the bow in the rain, or the rainbow in the rain, which is in the clouds, Three things were mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 28. The rainbow actually speaks now of the sure covenant of mercy to God's children. Remembered in the midst of judgment or even in the midst of wicked ones, as in the flawed days of Noah. Hallelujah. Are you following me? The rainbow being from and out of the throne. And I want you to catch that. It's from the throne. Get it? Because in Revelation 4 we find that the throne was surrounded by this rainbow. Is that okay? So the rainbow is actually proceeding from the throne of God. So the rainbow being from and out of the throne is an assurance of eternal peace. And all that the purposes of heaven, which is to preserve rather than to destroy, lives. Praise the Lord. The ultimate purpose of the rainbow is God's covenant with man, flowing out of His throne. A better in love and mercy. Showing mankind that God will never destroy lives. But rather, is a covenant of peace between God and man. Praise the Lord. And so, we can read for instance in Isaiah chapter 54 verse number 8. Isaiah 54 verse number 8. This is what he says. In a little while, or a little rot, I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, the Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For I shall have sworn that the waters of Noah shall no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be wrought with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness, can I hear an amen, shall not depart from you, Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, say the Lord, that have mercy on thee. The rainbow is a covenant of peace. And God is saying, just like it was the days of Noah, it's not going to repeat itself. Why? Because I always see the rainbow. And it's a covenant of peace that I've made between myself and all flesh. Praise the living God. Now, I'm beginning to think some of you are already catching up with what who this angel is. If the rainbow is the covenant of peace, and this covenant is is catch this, this rainbow is upon the head of someone. Who is the angel? What that supposed to mean? That man represents the covenant of peace that God has made with us. And so Jesus said, "I'm the Prince of Peace." Does that make sense to eh? you? That is why the rainbow is upon his head, because that's what he represents. That's what he came for. That's what he stands for. That's that's who he is. He is the Prince of Peace. Okay. So, let's look at it now, Revelation chapter 10. And begin to find out. We're trying to really pick out who this angel is. Revelation 10, verse 1. Hallelujah. And I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven, robed. Now you can, you can just go down to King James. Go to King James. Let's take it from there. The same thing. Praise the Lord. And I saw another... What is it? Oh my God. (laughs) Verse 1. I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven. Revelation 10 verse 1. Clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head. Now, maybe you look at it from the amplifier then I'm going to show you something. Go to the amplifier, I'm sorry. Go to the amplified and look at it. So another mighty angel came down from heaven. Robe in a cloud with what? A hollow. Like what? A rainbow. Now how many of you have seen Jesus? Yellow Roman Catholic figures. You see that thing around here? That's what they're talking about. If only we truly understand precisely what that stands for. So when you see the pictures that people draw, the paintings, and you see this hollow, that's what they're talking about. As the rainbow is upon his head. What's the rainbow for? Covenant of peace from the throne of God manifesting true truth, love, mercy, and kindness. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay, so we we'll take it again. Then I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, robed in it white, hollow like a rainbow. Over his head, his face was like the sun. And his feet, legs were like columns of fire. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Oh. He had a little book, scroll upon his hand. He said, his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land. That's what we're going to be dealing with. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. All right. We need to follow. You know we're stopping there. Another mighty angel, that's what we're looking at. Remember, we're trying to find out who this angel is, who has one foot on the land, one foot on the sea. We're going to find out much later, what is the sea, what is the land. But you can picture who this kind of mighty angel should be. An angel standing, one leg of the sea, one leg of the land. I don't know which of the continents, but if you have to interpret Revelation, literally. Is it one leg on Africa continent, one leg in the US? I mean... And then one leg in the Atlantic Ocean or Indian Ocean or Pacific Ocean. How many sea do we have? So you can understand it's not talking about literacy. Amen. So another my angel. This basically is talking about Christ that is clothed with a cloud, which is a symbol of divine majesty. He's speaking about his glory. He's a majestic being. The mighty, angel. sometimes people get confused. I remember one time speaking, somebody asked me a question in South Africa. They said, how do you reduce Jesus to an angel? I said, well, simply means you don't understand what God says about revealing His covenant. In Malachi chapter 4, what did He say? I'll send my messenger, eh? And prepare the way. And the messenger of the covenant whom you seek shall certainly come. What's the messenger? An angel. That's what it means. When it comes to the covenant relationship that God is making, Jesus is seen as an angel. It's just like Isaiah chapter 9, we call him the everlasting father. That have not changed him. It has to do with the position and the assignment he's doing part time. So there's nothing to confuse us here because the word mighty angel is used, therefore, it's not Christ. He's talking about Christ. No other angel, no other spirit being, if you more use the word, is putting on a, a halo on his head. And there is no other person God made a covenant with in relation to the earth, other than with Christ. Are you with me? So here again we find that a rainbow was upon his head. This is God's sign, like we said before, a merciful covenant with mankind. As we have already stated, is the covenant of mercy, the covenant of the, the kindness and the very mercies of God that God has made with mankind. And it's upon the head of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now you must understand if it's on your head, I'll talk a little bit on that. But if you put a crown on your head, for instance, and you are sitting on the throne, what does that mean? You are in authority. Am I right? So, with what is Jesus ruling? He's ruling with the the rainbow on his head. What does the rainbow stand for? Covenant. What is in the covenant? Mercy. Kindness. Are you seeing that? Truth. Love. This is how Jesus manifests his glory on the earth. This is what is coming out of the throne. Not judgment. Glory to God. Because he said, when I see this rainbow, I will remember my covenant, that I will no longer destroy man on the face of the earth. Praise the Lord. You following me? The next thing we'll find is that his face was like the sun. We're trying to find out who this man is. Okay. It's like talking about something which is above the new day sun. But the first place you're going to find out the glory was revealed like the sun. We can look at Matthew 17, 1 and 2. Matthew 17, 1 and 2. And the Bible says, And after six days, Jesus take Peter, James and John, his brother, and bring them up into a high mountain apart. I we, we find time to talk to you about these six days. Because you find that book of Luke, in Luke chapter 9, it didn't say six days, it say eight days. And there's no conflict. Because you take the purification of those going to the priesthood for consecration between six and eight days. And this is consecration into his priesthood office. So after six days... <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll find a book of Leviticus. I'll find time to show you. And the verse 2 says, And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Now you see, when we talk about the one sitting on its own, what did the Bible say about his face? His face did what? Was shining. He said his face was that it were like the sun. Who again have the description in the Bible? Nobody else but who? Jesus Christ. Okay? Let's see how Paul described this to um, King Agrippa or whatever. In Acts chapter, we can look at it from the Amplified. Act 26, let's look at 12 and 13. Act 26, 12 and 13. Paul says, those engaged, I proceed to Damascus with the authority and the, orders of the chief of the chief priests. And he said, verse number 13. When on the road, amid the O king, I saw a light from heaven, surpassing the brightness of the sun, flashed about me and those who were traveling with me. Praise the Lord. And remember, as soon as the light flashed round about them, He had a voice. Who was that? Christ. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. Okay. And then the next description we have is that His feet was as of pillars of fire. What does that speak about? He speaks of the speed And the energy relating to his movement and the stability of his counsel as it relates to the message of salvation and deliverance of mankind from the tyranny of sin and the influence of Adam. That's where you're going to find later. That the leg that is resting upon the earth is resting upon the Adamic man to kind of call the Adamic man. Because if you go back, we're going to make you see that. Go back to the book of Judges and several other places. you find that when they go to war, they conquer anybody. The person lie down that they put your foot on his neck. So when you stand on somebody's head or neck, you're conquering the person. So if the angel is standing upon the earth, he's conquering the earth. They sense? Hallelujah. This is the point. So when we talk about his speed as a pillar, we're talking about the speed, the energy with which he's moving and conquering. People don't understand. Jesus is winning the war. The war may be the way it is. A lot of crazy things may be going on, but I'm trying to make you understand, and you got to believe it that Jesus is winning. Praise the Lord. He's winning this war. It's conquering people. Amen? China, India, a lot of things are going on. A lot. Even here, we are very fortunate we could read the Bible in the open. But like China, you can't still read the Bible in the open. But you know what happened? If they got a passage of the Bible, they got a passage, maybe one sheet of the Bible. They will commit the whole passage to mind, to memory. They don't have Bibles to carry, but they are working Bibles. Because if you are caught with the Bible, they are going to prison. And so, if any Bible manages to come, av- they come to come available to some of them and they see it, maybe six, seven, they have to tear the Bible each and pick some passages and begin to digest it, and you go to prison, your Bible is in your head. government can't stop it. It's going on. You can't stop the Spirit of Christ. He's conquering the world. Is that okay? So, let's look at what God said again. Like I said here, everything God is doing here, when I'm talking about the Spirit of Spillers, he's just talking about the movement, his energy, the stability of his cancer. He has intention. From one, And he's pursuing that goal. And it's not only going to succeed. It's definitely going to come to pass. Men will come to realize that that which God said, he has utterly fulfilled. Praise the Lord. And even for you, if God says anything to you, it definitely is going to come to pass. He's committed to whatever thing he says. And it's energetic enough to bring it to pass. That's what people don't know. You, you, you can't fail because Jesus is not going to fail you. Every promise. Now, you see, I, I, we sang this song some time ago in Isaiah 25. It came to my mind as I was studying this. Isaiah 25 verse 1. 20. This is what it says. O Lord, thou art our God or oh my God. I will exhort thee. How many of you remember that song? I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things, that counsel of old, are faithfulness and truth. You don't change. God doesn't change. Your counsel, your intention, your determination, your plan from the very beginning, are faithfulness and word and truth. That's your counsel. So the counsel of God is, man is going to be redeemed from the corruption, from the decay, from whatever situation man finds himself. Why? Because it said, before the foundation of the world, Christ was slain. Is that not the counsel of God? Why was Christ slain? To redeem man back to himself. That's God's counsel. So your counsels of old, your intention from the very beginning, Not even the devil can stop it. Sometimes people give you stories how the devil was trying to fight God and the devil did something and God just goes, okay, what am I going to do? Let me start all over. No! The devil never played any trick on God. Neither was he so powerful to wrestle with God. There was not even a creature like that. It's all religious people. Makes me mad sometimes. Honestly. God created a being you know, of fighting with him in heaven, and God pushed him down. What kind of comic stories? Hmm? Cartoons. Those are cartoons for little children. God push him down. Hmm? And Isaiah 14, the scripture was saying, and the devil said, what they call the devil, he said, I'm going to exalt my throne above the heavens. If he was already in heaven, which other throne above the heavens was he going to exalt himself? To? People don't think. Sometimes when I hear some minister preach this thing, I just say, God help me. Praise the Lord. So the counsel of God are faithfulness and what? And truth. It's not going to change. Before the foundation. How many of you understand the word foundation does not mean before the, the earth was laid? It's not talking about that. The Greek word for foundation is katabole. Katabole have nothing to do with when they want to lay foundation. Maybe you want to build a house. That's not what he's talking about. Katabole means to mess up. To be destroyed. In other words, you have a structure and it's going into decay. That's what it means. So before the foundation of the work, what's i front trying to be? Before man became corrupted, God already had a plan. Do you understand? Maybe I'm going to share that with you. So you understand what foundation means. Foundation is not before the foundation of the world. Before everything was created. He's not talking about creation. He's talking about before man went into corruption. You know? After man gone into corruption, man beat a city. The first time you read the word city in the Bible was beat by man. How many of you remember that? Huh? Amen. So be by enough, of the sons of Adam, huh? and then through the three sons, I mean Lamech, remember Lamech? Lamech came from good. And the three sons of Lamech, they were the people that invented everything that we ever please man or you're looking for. What What do you think man is looking for in this creation? Protection, provision, and pleasure. Protection, you want to get the building. Hmm? Provision, something to eat. Is that okay? Pleasure, good music. Film show. Huh? These are the three things that man is ever looking for. Praise the Lord. But the three sons of Lamech invented all of that. One of them invented economic principles, tent maker and shepherding. The other one invented weapons, War? Why do you invent weapons? To protect yourself. And the third man invented organ. Music. Three sons of Limek. But all of those things were product of the fallen man. So, some of the things we are doing today, we are still doing it. Now, it's not as if they are bad, but they are not spiritual. Anyway, that's another story. Thank you. Let's go back. So we find this angel that a rainbow was upon his head. Means his authority and dominion with which he was going to reign or that is reigning was that of the covenant of God of peace. That's all. Jesus came to establish the covenant of peace that God made with mankind. Hallelujah. So watch this. It simply means. Jesus can't think of anything else other than peace. Because the crown on his head is a covenant of what? Of peace. His throne is surrounded by the same glory. And everything that comes out of that place is mercy, kindness, love, peace. You know, somebody say Pastor, you can't teach this. God judges people. Let me tell you something. You may not agree with me. But the thing is this. Scripture says, when a man breaks the edge, the serpent will bite. If a serpent bites you, that is not God. Do you understand what I said here? It's not God. You simply broke the edge. And the serpent is there to bite you. You suffer for your foolishness. It has nothing to do with God. You break your home. Nothing to do with God. You just give. What did the Bible say? Say, give no room. No room to sit up. Am I correct? It's you that give the room, not God. Why do you think God is judging you? God is not judging you. You peace. That's what the police said. And one sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look like a jasper, a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne. He sat like an emerald. The rainbow was round about the throne. Now, how many of you understand that throne is meant for? The king and judges judge from the throne. Is that okay? So now you find that this throne is surrounded by the rainbow. Just like he who sat on the throne have a rainbow on his head. So what are you seeing here? From he who stands on the throne proceeds the covenant of peace. Around the throne proceeds what? The covenant of peace. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now let me show you this. This is why we read in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Can you talk with me to Hebrews 4 16? Hebrews 4 16. What do you see there? Let us therefore Come boldly unto us, the throne of grace. Hallelujah. That we may obtain what? Mercy. And find grace to help in times of need. The throne is established in kindness, and mercy, and love, and so let's come boldly to that throne. That throne is surrounded by what? The rainbow. The throne does not contain judgment. The throne does not contain anything else other than truth, faithfulness, kindness, love, mercy, grace. Think about that. These are the things that make up the throne of God. Are you with me? It's a covenant throne. It's not just a throne, it's a throne of covenant. And what covenant? Covenant of peace. When I say the throne. So when God sits down, Jesus sits down all around him. Whatever thing he's speaking is love, peace, love, peace, love, peace. That's the only thing that God hears. That's the only thing that Jesus ever can. I mean, think about that. I don't know where we get our messages from, some of the messages to preach. I'm still being honest with you. You can destroy yourself, not God. When the prodigal son was almost starving to death, was that God? It was a choice he made to leave the father's house. But think about that. Even as far as he has gone, in trying to eat with animals, the love of the father was still after him. He wanted him back. Before he could get to the house, the father was by the gate waiting for him. All humanity is not coming back to God. God is still waiting for them. It will continue to their so. That's why you need to go out and preach what is called good news. It's good news, not just news, but what good news? <laughs> oh my God! And Jesus has the implication of that that even those who died in the days of Noah, he has to go preach good news to them, even in prison. First Peter chapter four, verse number six. Remember that. That they might live as God lives in the Spirit. Good news. That is why the people of the ages to come that I I spoke to you some time ago have to be people that carry good news. Praise the Lord. Some ministry will fade out because they don't represent the very interests of the mind of God. His counsel. From the times of old. So we find that this is the throne from which flows what? Mercy, truth, love, peace, grace, kindness. Hallelujah. The very substance of which the throne is made up of. These are the things that make up the throne of God. Praise the Lord. The effect and the impact of the rainbow upon the throne is the message of God. Be released and revealed. To creation in the person of Jesus Christ. Then I say friends, God is winning irrespective of what you are seeing right now. The sun, as far as the sun is concerned, as far as the cloud is concerned, whatever thing you can think, think about in creation, they are declaring the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. So the short sign of God's mercy is the rainbow. As long as the rainbow is up there in the sky, God is saying, I love my kind with all and everlasting love in Christ Jesus. Anytime you see the rainbow, God is speaking to you. I love you. I love humanity. Don't think about what I did in the days of Noah. I have made a covenant of peace that will not repeat itself. The rainbow is a sign that God's love for humanity cannot be thwarted, cannot be discouraged, and cannot fail. Praise the living God. And the man that is executing that covenant is the one called who? Jesus Christ. He is the angel that sat on the throne. And executing, if you want to use the word judgment, the judgment of mercy. For scripture says, when thy judgment are upon the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn what? righteousness. The end product of God's judgment is righteousness. As a matter of fact, God's judgment is simply discipline. Do you flog your child sometimes? Do you do that? Do you flog the child to kill the child? Why do you think you flog your child? You want to correct the child. Judgment is correction. Judgment is not condemnation. Judgment is not everlasting punishment somewhere. correction. Check the Bible. That's what judgment is all about. Praise the Lord. This love will always win. It's gentle. Is that okay? It's just gentle. It's just peaceful. Love will always win. There is that which is called the heat of love. The energy that comes out of love is stronger than anything else. And that is what Jesus is manifested. True love is winning. Many people have come and gone. Hitler, all those people, they carried weapons and all. But Jesus came with one thing. Love. And that love is winning more than enough people around the world. Even till tomorrow, his love is still winning people. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm talking about? Yeah. Let me give you the simple illustration. The wind can be very boisterous. You know, the wind can tell you I can do a lot of things. Hmm? And you know, sometimes wind can be terrible. Blow down trees, blow down roofs, whatever the case may be. Now, there's a very funny story about the wind and the sun. They went into a contest. The wind said, I'll win you. The sun said, no, I will defeat you. Said, okay, let's see what happens. So here was this man that was moving along the road. The wind came. Started blowing. The man was putting on suit. Blowing seriously. The man had to button up his suit very strongly. And hold the suit to himself. The wind could not remove the buttons. By the time the wind could not remove the man's buttons, remove the suit from his body, he relaxed. The sun came up. They were just coming gradually. Are you getting that? Gradually. when the man begin to clean up, clean up, clean up. Gradually see intensifying. Intensifying. Before you know, begin to lose the button. No noise. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The wind came with heavy noise, but the sun was just coming gently. The man pulled the first button, pulled the second button, removed the coat. The sun has not started, I mean stopped yet. The man started thinking of how to remove the inner one. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The song won, but without noise. Love is winning, but without noise. God bless you.